Hey everyone, it's Avishak with Stop Being Abused With Health. Today, I am joined by a young man, I think he's probably a few years older than me, who has gone down a very similar route of athletic performance, dieting, and then not doing so well afterwards. Uh, you're, I'm not, I'm not going to give you any spoilers here, but this is a really not uncommon story of someone who has very few health issues, who goes on a diet because of sports, aesthetics, whatever the case, he didn't really cite aesthetics, but or just a fascination with the Kool-Aid, uh, what you hear on the internet. You go on this diet, you push through, but there are cracks in the Kool-Aid. It's not the most perfect organic Kool-Aid out there. You realize, and you realize the Kool-Aid your mom gave you was uh, was, <laughs> was a lot better. Well, at least my mom, because we ate, we ate an ancestral diet growing up. Um, but for, for a lot of people, uh, that's, that's not an option today because we're very disconnected. And this episode really motivated me to uh, stop being lazy and actually finish my goddamn book that covers this exact phenomenon. And this is a widespread type of disordered eating that is not going diagnosed right now. So I think you're going to learn a lot from this episode, and I would really encourage you to pay attention to the uh, the transformation rather than the specific minutia of exactly what foods he was he was eating. And we covered that in the beginning. So he was eating mostly a carnivore diet with a few vegetables here and there. And you got to realize a lot of carnivores are defining their carnivore diet as 30% to 70% meat, which is not a carnivore diet. That is an omnivore diet, and that's a type of excuse that is used to justify uh, being uh, drinking a certain flavor of Kool-Aid. So he was on the carnivore diet, and these are his results and what he learned afterwards. And you're, you're, I think you're going to learn a lot here. And I would really encourage you, if you if you know someone else who's going through this, please share this episode with them because this is a huge, huge problem that's not being addressed today. Enjoy. All right, everyone, we're back for another episode. We took a little break from the previous one. And this month, we're going to hear a little bit more about patient experiences on the carnivore diet. People just like you, people just like me, who've gone on this diet and have realized that maybe it didn't work out. <laughs> so all the Kool-Aid drinkers are really going to love this episode. So today, I'm joined by a man named Marcus from um, Sweden. And he has dieted for over a decade, kind of a similar experience to myself as well. And he had a, an experience on the carnivore diet that I think was very, very interesting that he wanted to share with us all today. So thanks for joining me today, Marcus. Why don't you uh, just introduce yourself? Okay, well, my name is Marcus and I'm from Sweden. Uh, and yeah, like you mentioned, I've <laughs> over the last 10 years or so, or since my teens really, I've pretty much done, tried most different diets, uh, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't really say that I have done an exclusively carnivore diet in regards to, or with regards to what people are doing nowadays, but it's kind of similar, uh, at least if you're looking like the typical elimination diet, if you know what I mean, with basically animal-based, uh, very little plant foods at all. And I mean, there's, yeah, I've tried most things and, uh, and I'm willing to talk about it, whatever you want to hear. Yeah. 
So why don't we start with what kind of got you into um, diets and stuff? I mean, you don't seem like someone who has major diseases or anything. What was kind of your motivation to go on a diet? Well, since early childhood, pretty much, I've had some gut issues. Um, on and off, you mean? I mean, when I was a child and also an adolescent, I really didn't think about it too much. Uh, it was kind of one of those things, well, well, I guess my gut is a little bit messed up, but I really didn't bother too much about it. Um, and then um, getting more and more into sports and athletics, uh, performance was a very important thing for me. And I kind of figured out that my energy levels and also the overall feeling in my body uh, differed depending on what I ate. Uh, and uh, as I started getting into bodybuilding in my late teens, I started experimenting more with food. And um, yeah, I guess started cleaning up my diet, if you know what I mean. Uh, and um, yeah, just a basic bodybuilding routine to begin with. And then also went into other aspects of so-called health, <laughs> uh, with like vegetarianism, veganism, although only for short periods of time, because it just made me feel tired and weak in general. Yeah, this is um, pretty common today. Uh, for me as well, athletic performance was kind of my um, step into the world of dieting. And mm -hmm. then for many people, it, it kind of turns into this weird fascination that just, uh, very characteristic of modern people today. Even in, yeah. uh, I was listening to NPR last night when I was driving to my one of my favorite grocery stores, and uh, they were talking about these these uh, women in Israel who created falafel out of spirulina, or not entirely spirulina, but they added spirulina because they think it's like a good source of protein. Mm -hmm. And it's like you know the, these trends are just infecting everybody and destroying their their culture. Um, although oh, yeah. she did admit that in Israel overall, like not many people really eat spirulina cause it's disgusting. Um, so, <laughs> so what kind of, so, so you weren't like exactly on the carnivore diet the way they do it today. What was kind of, so then how were you on the carnivore diet? Cause you kind of reached out to me and said, mentioned the carnivore diet. Well, yeah, I am. I initially after my I kind of quit bodybuilding and doing all these different diets. I also delved more into animal-based diets, uh, specifically like low-carb, high-fat, keto, paleo, uh, and did that for a couple of years. Then eventually, as I started my study studies in biomedical science, I started developing even more severe gut issues, probably due to I mean, the stress of school and uh, over-exercising, all these kinds of things, uh, which led to a worsening of my symptoms, I guess, and several different food intolerances uh, that I hadn't really dealt with before. So I decided to make some dietary changes and went on a strict elimination diet. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with, like, the, yeah, autoimmune paleo gaps, specific carbohydrate diet, uh, very limited mm -hmm. plant foods, basically to begin with bone broth, uh, cooked um, 
like slow cooked meat. Uh, and I did that for on and off for, I don't know, probably a couple of years. And initially I had some relief of symptoms, obviously, because I mean, yeah, the, your stomach doesn't really need to digest a whole lot of fiber, if you know what I mean. But then again, it's, you still have the meat component and meat is quite heavy as well. So, I mean, with regards to some of the gut issues, I got some initial release, uh, relief, but then other symptoms started to emerge, uh, like anxiety, moodiness, energy crashes, these kinds of things. And if you <laughs> follow the, if, or if you're in some kind of community, or read these kinds of things with regards to these kinds of diets, especially very low carbohydrate diets. People typically talk about like adaptation periods, symptoms of die off, you know, pathogenic bacteria, whatever. Candida. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I just encouraged myself to hang in there and keep on going. Even though I, I mean, deep down inside, I just felt, let's just stop eating this, you know, meat stews uh, and like coconut oil and all these kinds of, oh yeah. Oh my God, coconut oil. I'm going to have an epic video on <laughs> coconut oil soon. So two years, I'd like to clarify how much did your diet elimination diet vary at this time? And just clarifications for people watching, um, elimination diets are very popular for healing gut issues and so on. And they basically just involve removing all kinds of triggering uh, foods that you're intolerant to from your diet. However, wh where people go wrong, as Marcus did, is doing it for two years. The elimination mm -hmm. diets are me not meant to be diets you do until you're uh, at the ripe age of 80, 100, etc. They're short-term, that's why they're called an elimination diets. There's a period. And most people make the mistake. Everybody did this with the whole 30. The whole 30 is called the whole 30, 30 for 30 days, not the rest of your life. And everybody equates that elimination period to your long-term healthy diet, which is insane. So I'd like to clarify where, what was the variability in your diet over that two year period? Like what, what were you kind of eating? Well, I mean, uh, to begin with for the first like two to four weeks, well, I guess, yeah, for the first two to four weeks initially, it was pretty much just slow cooked beef and chicken and maybe a little bit of vegetables on the side, like carrots and some, maybe some, you know, peeled, de-seeded, pureed zucchini or squash, something so like, like that. Cooked vegetables? Yeah, very thoroughly cooked vegetables. Uh, small amounts, small servings, uh, and uh, mainly just meat, beef, chicken, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, so those periods ranged from like two to four weeks. And then I started like introducing certain foods again, like starches and that kind of thing. And I just made my symptoms worse, worse than they had been before, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, so... I went on and off these things over several, I mean, I tried, I guess, like going one to three months on occasion with just like, yeah, 
beef, chicken, and some small amounts of uh, well-cooked vegetables, uh, low-starch vegetables. Uh, so I pretty much did that on and off for one to three months, up to six months at a time for like two years. And then, I, yeah. So, and I, in period, periods in between, I had, I wouldn't call it cheating because that's just a weird <laughs> term, I think. Uh, kind of from the bodybuilding community yeah, I but agree. i went so to speak off my diet if you know what i mean uh and ate some other things because i just felt i can't keep doing this anymore <laughs> yeah it's very so, difficult yeah. um you know i've i've listened to michaela peterson she just got a community strike on youtube for whatever reason someone reported her but she'll be back but um she was talking about how you know, this is the pure carnivore diet is the only thing that really worked for her. She did meat and vegetables like her father. And then mm -hmm. after five months on only meat, she finally started to feel like her first positive emotion or something. Mm -hmm. um, but it's very difficult uh, to stay on because you just get sick of it. So did you did you ever do a period where you just did meat and chicken? Not really more than uh, like three to five days or so uh and every time i like introduced some vegetables especially vegetable juice i felt so much better that's very interesting so i did like three to five days at most which mm -hmm. was mainly like yeah i might have had some s carrots or celery or onions in my broth when i cooked the bones for like yeah but no vegetables for like a couple of days uh initially and then I kind of just craved something else than meat, if you know what I mean. So, especially juice. So when I just added in some vegetable juice, uh, I felt initially just yeah. Yeah, you kind of just better. answered my question because my you know my question was going to be you know what why couldn't you stick to it for longer? And this is a question I I ask every time I see people go on a diet and to only come off it why can't you stay on this diet despite it in theory being so healthy? It's probably mm. because you're craving something else. Um, yeah. So could you describe those three to five days when you eliminated those vegetables and just ate broth and maybe a little bit of celery in the broth, which doesn't, doesn't really count in my opinion. Um, what, you know, your symptoms didn't gut symptoms, gut issues didn't improve at all. I mean, what did you feel when you did that? During those days, I mean, um, I was just tired and lethargic, uh, and I have very good metabolic flexibility. So it wasn't like, well, you're not fat adapted, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I've done every different diet uh, you can imagine. Pretty, uh, and uh, I mean, yeah, I was just, the the whole thing just wasn't working for me uh, i need i don't i wouldn't say i need more variety uh, from a mental perspective it's more like the deep the feeling deep down inside that your body is like telling you it's it's, it's so much a mech telling you that you need something more you know right yes it's hard yes. to d describe if you know what i mean yeah no it's it's more of like this just gut feeling <laughs> yeah <laughs> sounds like no pun intended it's it's literally a gut feeling of like this yeah. absolute sickness and 
um uh not not sickness but just like yeah it's hard malaise, to describe just general malaise and yeah right right and so the longest i did carnivore was two weeks when i did keto and i could couldn't do i tried getting through the adaptation but i really just didn't feel right you know uh walking up the stairs exercising i yeah. couldn't do my Oof. exercises so i, mean, I, I had to stop know. exercising i have always been very athletic and energetic uh very explosive all these kinds of things, you know, uh, just naturally lean and muscular. And when I went on these elimination diets, I lost. Yeah, I mean, at my lowest point, I would I was down to eighty five pounds at uh, my at five eight. I think eighty five. Yeah, yeah. Eighty five yeah. pounds. Yeah, that was just yeah. Oh my God, dude. Holy wow. 85 pounds is like that. That's a goal weight for an anorexic girl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, people would probably literally think I was an anorexic. Yes. You probably which I wasn't. Have... I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. I was. Yeah. No, you probably have some metabolic flexibility because I mean, if at, at your height, if you're able to lose that much weight, that that means i mean you have to have a good metabolism actually to be able to do that um because a lot of people can't even get that low of a weight if, if they try um that, that's very similar i think to kind of the minnesota starvation experiment it was one of the most famous experiments where they had young healthy men like you and me go on a 25 percent calorie restricted diet for six months I'm pretty sure it was 25%. I might have misquoted that. And at, at the end, I mean, they had dreams of food. They, they would write about food and just <laughs> fantasize about food. They didn't eat it. They didn't give in, but they would fantasize about it for very long periods of time. I mean, did you have, I mean, that's such a low weight. Did you have any strange thoughts of food all the time? Yeah, I wouldn't say that I had strange thoughts of food all the time uh, because at that point I had been through this for so long it was it had been like yeah more than two years so I was so not well I was so disconnected from from everything if you know what I mean so in a sense I guess you could say that it was somewhat of a mental illness not that I saw myself as mentally ill, but yeah, I was totally disconnected from my body, I guess you could say. Uh, and then I didn't really dream about food, but I had just these weird, uh, yeah, it was a weird feeling inside, you know, just complete disconnect from my true nature uh, because I had pushed myself mentally so mm -hmm. hard for so long. And uh, the worst part of it was, was probably that I was just so, I mean, tired and weak. Uh, and I, I had a hard time getting up a flight of stairs. And it's so, I mean, when you come from a background of being so physically capable and athletic and everything, uh, it's kind of a depersonalization thing where you just don't see yourself. And it's still something uh, within me that kind of feels disconnected from my uh, true self. And it's something that I'm working on personally, just by being with myself, I guess you could say. 
to kind of <laughs> reconnect with that aspect, uh, which, uh, yeah, uh, it was a very weird feeling to be that, uh, I, yeah, ma generally malnourished. Well, yeah, I mean, at, at 85 pounds, I mean, you're, you're, you're just not going to have energy, period. It's impossible, um, mm -hmm. unless, unless you're on drugs. And the crazy thing was that I was actually um, quite um, um, active still. I was probably walking, yeah, half an hour to an hour a day. And uh, periodically, I had quite good energy. So this was probably because I was running on adrenaline and cortisol and, you know, stress hormones. Uh, so it wasn't like I, yeah, d during periods, I had great energy. But I still had a general feeling of being tired and weak, of course. Right. Yeah. Which kind isn't of, quite. Yeah. Yeah. It it reminds me of one time uh, I remember in my apartment uh, a while ago, and earlier this year, I believe, or last year, I was up very late at night. I might have gone out. I don't remember. But it was three a.m. and I remember seeing mm -hmm. a woman going for a jog at three a.m. And she had a very low body fat percentage, like extremely low. And my immediate thought was she has some kind of exercise addiction or eating disorder. And um, it's, it's very interesting how you described that feeling of disconnection. It's, it's not this characteristic mental illness that we think of when we say mental illness, but no. it's, it's on a similar kind of spectrum and we we see a lot of people who they, they get infatuated with these ideas of diets they go on this elimination diet but but then it's like they don't really understand why am i still doing this and so you had an actual reason fix the gut issues you introduced starch it just got worse everybody on the forums and these communities said keep going keep going but deep inside you knew that um you know there's something wrong um so two years how long was your weight at you know 85 pounds like what were you before and then when, when did you start like losing a lot of weight well when i was bodybuilding in my 20s i was up to i think at my highest point i was almost yeah 190 or so so i yeah double the weight at least more than so than when at my lowest point at 85 but before I dropped to 85, it was kind of a gradual decrease over five years time because the initial years of my studies, I also dropped some weight, like a couple of pounds a year because I was just pushing myself too hard in general. Uh, and then on top of that, doing an elim elimination diet, and keep pushing myself uh, and keeping pushing myself and then so it was kind of a gradual decrease from like 155 to 185 or 85 mm -hmm. rather over like a period of five years or so which uh yeah so the real drop started like yeah two years before that but I was at probably 115, 120 or so for quite a long time. Wow, that's, 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 uh, yeah, that's pretty. So that, so you were about one, I didn't get that. So you're about 155, you'd think, before you started the elimination diet? 
Yeah, uh, I the first I was about 155 when I started my studies, which was yeah like three years before I started I, I went on an elimination diet. I see. So over those three years, I lost uh, a couple of pounds. So let's say maybe from 145 to 85 over two years. Yeah, yeah a couple of pounds a year. I think you said before. So 145. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to I just wanted to get an idea of that. Um, okay, so two years on the diet. So how long ago was was this? When did you begin that compared uh, compared to now? Uh, that was yeah. It's been like one year or yeah, two one one and a half years. So that was three three and a half years ago okay so years ago something like that okay so it's yeah been one, so i mean it's been on and off for so long that i quite, quite, almost i can't remember right right so i mean i ask because if you know it's if it was yesterday that it was it would require it takes time to recover from these kinds of things and well i'm the, still not recovered but yeah i'm on my way at least <laughs> exactly and that's definitely something i'd like to talk about because does people aren't very aware right now of how your metabolism can be affected in in not positive way in a negative way from long-term low calorie diets that involve significant degrees of of weight loss mm -hmm. so what has that recovery been like i mean when did you okay first question when did you kind of realize that you need to stop because i think that transition is 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 very difficult for a lot of people well the thing is that i had actually been uh, i had been on sick leave for my studies because of this because of the, what the elimination diets did to me on top of the stress from uh, from, uh, from school uh, that i had already been through so um, and in conjunction with this i had like a, um, a paper from my doctor telling yeah the um, to actually allow me to be on sick leave uh, and with regards to this i also had to have my reasons for being on sick leave so it was kind of when people started thinking i had an eating disorder uh, a more severe one like anorexia or something like that which was never the case and it's not that's just not that would never happen to me uh don't get me wrong but that's just i just can't see myself in that uh, yeah same here yeah yeah so anyways uh, that's what that was when i actually kind of well enough is enough and also when i got some blood tests i actually did blood tests during this period of time uh, with like uh, three to six months in between and they were getting worse and worse and worse of course mm -hmm. <laughs> but it was at their lowest point and i was like man i'm dying here i have to make a change i can't do this anymore this is just yeah. crazy so and it was it, kind of an awakening i guess you could say yeah so so basically that there's kind of this realization that you can't keep doing this to your body and for me yeah. um with the kind of addiction to uh, lifting like super heavy, like 85, 90% 1RM, like every time I, I work out, 1RM mm -hmm. means one rep max, for those of you who aren't familiar with, with this terminology here, but, but basically it requires a lot of adrenaline. 
And mm -hmm. it was when I started to feel lightheaded from lifting pretty light weights. And I, I basically became exercise intolerant for a period of time. And so then I kind of realized, okay, this is finally like I've been asking myself to stop for months. This is finally my moment to actually stop lifting uh, over 85% 1RM. And so I had to kind of mentally prepare myself to lift 50% 1RM, which is lighter, um, significantly lighter, less, you know, you don't need to be as like uh, prepared and breathing as heavy before each set. You know what I mean? Uh, mm -hmm. if, if you ever watch videos of people powerlifting or doing these heavy workouts, you see like mentally the state they need to be in. So, you know, my point is that it you there, you have to go through some kind of, you have to reach some limit that tells you, oh, I, I actually need to stop. And, you know, this yeah. this experience of you having to go on sick leave, and, and I thank you for being so open about your experiences, is not the first time I've heard this. There are other people as well, many people who, due to the diet they, they go on, have to leave school. It's, uh, it's, it's not uncommon, but I don't think we hear about it. Uh, and so it, it just goes to show you that dieting over a long period of time can, can significantly affect, um, affect your metabolism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how are you kind of, or actually, did you have anything to follow up with that before I ask you the next question? No, I mean, I just, uh, I, I can totally relate to what you're saying about the training and everything, pushing yourself uh, with lifting heavy weights and all these kinds of things. Uh, I've been there myself. Uh, but with regards to metabolism and recovery and everything, I think it's amazing what the body is capable of. I mean, I kind of recovered quite, I wouldn't say, with regards to like, um, um thyroid hormones and all these kinds of things we're just totally out of whack uh, that just uh after just a couple of yeah i know i wouldn't yeah it was like overnight if i just gave myself some more carbohydrates uh, and rapidly easily and readily available nutrients i these things kind of skyrocketed right away that's so i guess right, that's yeah. a, a true sign of how flexible uh, the body really is uh, yeah and you you, so, yeah. you probably have good good ability uh to to do this um unfortunately some people get so damaged they uh it's difficult for them to kind of come back they have to be on thyroid hormones for a period of time and uh it, it takes a while to recover i think what i one thing i wanted to touch on was was anorexia you know we think of anorexia mm -hmm. as a as a girl condition and when i started learning about it i realized that that's when i realized the whole eating disorder thing is actually on a spectrum so in, in my opinion in, in just in my opinion everybody who's eating healthy has a disordered eating uh because it's not really how they would eat if they were connected to their nature because they're they're really eating based off of ideas rather than what their gut is telling them to eat and so in anorexia actually you know men do get it men do get anorexia and what i think all these eating disorders have in common are certain traits like pushing yourself really hard maybe being a being a perfectionist was something that affected me and gave me disordered eating because i didn't have a actual eating disorder either but it, it's just kind of like this modern day disordered eating. So there's a lot of 
uh, traits, these people, especially pushing yourself really hard, the anorexic loves to push herself or, or his self. So I guess it's kind of a disorder of modern living, if you know what I mean. We're so disconnected from ourselves, each other, and our environment and nature. Uh, I guess that's the gist of it, if you know what I mean. It's yeah, exactly. Uh, I, well, I, I agree 100%. And that's why in the beginning, for everyone who's just joining, I talked about, I was listening to NPR and these uh, women in Israel were talking about adding spirulina to their falafel because <laughs> I think it's going to save the planet and it protein. So they see spirulina as a source of protein, but we don't see food as what is the overall energetic picture of the food. And that brings me to a very important question, carbohydrates. So you said eating, re refeeding yourself with starches. Yeah. So I'm curious, you said before when you're on the elimination diet, starches gave you trouble and it actually it made your gut symptoms worse than they were before you started the elimination diet which is really interesting mm -hmm. which maybe even suggests that all the meat could have affected your gut in a negative way or it could be numerous other factors it could be metabolism actually depending on what weight you yeah, are there are so many different uh, factors at play in, uh, with regards to that i think so yeah definitely like the gut microbiome um uh, gut well, of course, you're going to, going to suppress uh, some species in the gut, but then other species will flourish. Right. Give uh, me a minute. Yeah. Just give me a minute. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the, the microbiome is really important, um, but I think what so what i'm curious about for marcus is adding in starches and the effect that has on the metabolism because for so for a lot of people on low carb diets a big debate and i haven't figured out the exact answer yet is that lowering your carbohydrate consumption can cause a drop in t3 and when when that happens you're going to experience sluggishness brain fog and numerous numerous other issues um, but what a lot of people say also is that it's eliminating carbs too fast that actually drops the T3. And if you lower the carbs slowly, then it doesn't drop the T3. But it's just kind of a theory. I haven't seen seen much evidence for it. So uh, Marcus talked about how adding the carbs actually increased his uh, thyroid again. So yeah, to take us through that. In increasing the starches, did they cause more symptoms? Did you just say, you know, I'm just going to deal with it because I feel so bad? Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So what was that like? Yeah, it's, it, that was pretty much the case. I mean, I still have, <laughs> I actually have worse gut symptoms now than I did before. Uh, and it's something I'm working with, but it's kind of one of those things. Well, I, I'd rather have gut issues than uh, like heart palpitations and, and being on the brink of dying. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so that's where i'm at right now and it's still something that i'm working on uh, but uh, yeah it's interesting with regards to thyroid uh, i don't know what you said when i was away but uh, yeah definitely just supporting your metabolism with carbohydrates will increase your active t3 uh, quite uh, rapidly uh, and you could pretty much go from like if you do one or two days of fasting, your T3 will probably cut in half. And if you just uh, refeed on carbohydrates 
even if you are hypocaloric, you will probably increase your T3 quite a lot. That's uh, very And I think there are studies uh, supporting that, like two isocaloric diets, one being low carb and one being like, yeah, having maybe 200 grams of carbs or something like that. And the low carb diet dropped T3 significantly, but the, the like, yeah, 200 grams of carbs, although being isocaloric, didn't drop T3. So, yeah. That nuts that because if, if I, I'll have to find that study if, if you have it offhand, I'd love it if you can send it to me. I'll yeah, share I can look it. it up. Uh, I'll share it with in the in the notes after after this episode. I'll just uh, put publish it on the blog post and um, add add this citation here. Um, yeah, if if that is definitely something that happens reproducibly, then what that pretty much proves is that there's something unique about carbohydrates that. It is not, does not just have to do with the overall caloric content of the diet. And it, that's kind of been my suspicion. You know, it's like this whole idea that if you just decrease your calories, like that's that's all that matters when it comes to weight loss or increase it. That's all that matters when it comes to weight gain. You know, when I, whenever I eliminated carbohydrates, it just there was a uniquely different feeling. I always felt like something was just missing and I couldn't fill myself up on just the fat. I couldn't feel um, satiated. So what was the feeling of your T3 kind of going up? Um, and so you you did say you did blood tests that were getting bad, worse every year. Mm -hmm. um, so I assume you did some blood tests to confirm that your T3 went up. Um, and what was the feeling like of adding in carbs? How much did you add? And how soon did you start to feel different? So let's say, I mean, during my periods of elimination diets, the carbs were obviously very low, below 20 grams, 25 grams, even down to zero grams uh, initially for a couple of days. Um, but then I gradually increased. Well, I wouldn't really say that I gradually increased carbohydrates because I'm not much of a gradual person. <laughs> uh, so I just re-added, I, I wouldn't say I went crazy, but probably around 200, 250 grams of carbohydrates from like potatoes and rice, pretty much, and some fruit, uh, vegetable juice, perhaps. Yeah, something like that. So um, yeah, 200 to 250 grams of carbohydrates is well enough for me to support my metabolism and but i could increase it and just burn it off but then i would just be like sweating <laughs> so i don't store them well i just um uncouple the 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 electrons i guess you could say i mean i just don't yeah mitochondria yeah Oh my God. I, I'm sure carbs are very good for mitochondria as well. Um, especially in this case. So how, what did you start to notice? I mean, it, it, it's kind of a big step going from zero carb to 250. What did, what was, what did you feel after you did that? Well, initially, of course, I started retaining some more water, which is not, uh, well, which, which is quite obvious, uh, carbohydrates bind water. Uh, and so I started feeling fuller and warmer and slept better. That was probably one of the worst things that I developed, like sleeping, uh, yeah, insomnia, sleeping disorders. 
due to like elevated cortisol and these kinds of things. Uh, when I was on an elimination diet or when I was um, severely restricting carbohydrates. So that was probably, and oh, just overall like energy levels and mood improved. Mm -hmm. I didn't have this like mellow <laughs> like sadness hanging over me all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of like a systemic effect and mm -hmm. kind of points to maybe the the thyroid being being involved because the t3 is found in uh i forget the exact thing i think it's found in pretty much every cell or something like that i don't have to i'll have to look that up but i mean it's something that it will affect you systemically um not not just like one thing here and there so when you're on this diet when you're on a bad diet and uh you start to feel negative symptoms it's, it's not just in one area it's most likely whole body thing is is really being affected strength sleep issues mood yeah. cognitive function heart palpitations um worse Thyroid is it, so important for like yeah like it's oh, it's impossible to say what is the most important hormone of course but thyroid hormone is definitely yeah it's a very important hormone and if you go too low on thyroid yeah you will definitely feel it and your entire life will suck <laughs> that, I think that's the best way to put it. Your life is going to suck with low thyroid. Um, that's what this book is about. I don't know if you guys have heard this book. It's by Broda Barnes. Oh, yeah, that. yeah. I haven't read it, but I know about Broda Barnes through Ray Pete, if you exactly. know who that yeah. is. Mm -hmm. that, yes. That's kind of why I, I was like, I need to I need to get this book. Um, this is, you know, Matt Stone cited Barnes. Ray Pete cites Barnes. Numerous people are citing have cited Barnes. People who... Are, are more aware of the thyroid aspect in relation to diet. And mm -hmm. so, you know, this, this whole idea was that, you know, a lot of people have uh, hypothyroidism, but maybe they don't know it. And they're, they're you know, taking care of your thyroid is, is like really important. Um, so when you, I think, you know, one thing I realized when I first began dieting is that the feeling of just good health and like high metabolism, it's really a, a very positive thing that yeah. improves quality of life and, and I'm, yeah. it's kind of an understatement but it's really like it, the feeling of happiness really comes from something inside it could be a chemical it could be energy much more than just uh, chemicals of course dopamine and serotonin but it's really something that will will benefit almost every aspect of your life and when you're depressed anxious irritable um it, as many people in the carnivore diet are it really affects how you see the world and what you experience um, yeah, it's a whole body experience, uh, and if you have a fast metabolism, if you support your metabolism, you will. It's like you just burn. Your life is on fire <laughs> because you're just burning through things. It's amazing. I mean, if you have a high metabolism and you support your high metabolism, you. It's like yeah. It's literally like your life is on fire. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> it's kind. Of, it's it's kind of funny because. Uh, the way you describe it, fire. I, I couldn't tell initially if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I, I get what you're saying. You know, the metabolic fire. Um, yeah. It's kind of like thing, things are more seamless. You know, it's not like oh, I have to take a four-hour nap in the afternoon now. It's like oh no, maybe maybe I can just take a little breather and then come back, come back to come back to doing things. Um, so, so that's pretty great. Um, so you, so what's the recovery kind of been like? You still have these gut issues. It's been one and a half to two years. 
what have you been doing to kind of um, recover from this experience? What have you had to recover? Were, was there any new things you learned? Uh, reconnecting with myself and like um, life, I think, mainly. And kind of just uh, contemplating what the future will hold for me because for such a long period of time i've been disconnected from myself and everyone around me not just everyone around me but yeah it's just a complete life experience it's it's just weird it's like the these um these last couple of years are just yeah i don't know how to uh, explain it really but um so that's probably the biggest part of the recovery process, like the mental aspect. The physical aspect, obviously also very important, but I trust in myself and especially my body that it will probably take some time to recover fully. I don't know, the word recovery is it's more like a process you go through more than something that you go back to, if you know what I mean. Mm. So what I'm looking to do right now, I haven't really been going back to my, like going back to athletics and sports and that kind of thing, but I'm actually planning on starting strength training, just some basic uh, gym training again uh, with the upcoming new year. So I'll do that, see how that feels, not push myself too hard, but still it's something that I like. And it's some form of, a, yeah, just connecting with my body again through uh, movement and uh, yeah, sports, that kind of thing. And see where that takes me. And then just generally, where do I go from here <laughs> with everything right. I've been through and uh, uh, what, uh, I guess it sounds kind of cliche, but what's my purpose in life, if you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, no, it's very, it's very good, uh, authentic, and it, it's just a fact. You know, it's it. People, a lot of people aren't aren't okay, are not comfortable with talking about these more spiritual layers, but really, um, it's very important. So when you when you said uh, you feel like you were disconnected from your for yourself and. Uh, your surroundings for a long period of time did that begin even before the elimination and carnivore-esque diet when you first started dieting or, or was it just mainly from the elimination diet uh i think that that period definitely exacerbated the whole thing uh and made it worse but uh it probably started when I, with, uh, st with my studies and pushing myself too hard, uh, just in general, I think that's when I like hit the switch, if you know what I mean. That's when I started just completely not listening to my body or myself or my, uh, the, the inner wisdom that we all carry within us. Uh, so that was probably when when it all started uh, when i just completely blacked out and just kept pushing <laughs> mm. no matter what yeah that's pretty interesting so it's like you basically had some kind of burnout and now your objective is okay so how can i reconnect and then move forward and and yeah. see things 
in new ways. Um, and I, th I think it's very, very valuable, very valuable, invaluable experience, really. And uh, you know, you can we can really learn a lot about the self from going on stupid diets. <laughs> yeah, um, because it really changes your metabolism, changes your hormones, and then then you 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 make these realizations. So what what is your goal with uh, specifically with like diets now? I mean, how are, how are you eating now compared to before and what are your kind of diet goals with um, you know gut issues and other health improvements you're trying to make? So I guess <laughs> I, you could call it a Scandi-Terranean diet. It's kind of a fusion between a Scandinavian and Mediterranean diet. Uh, <laughs> So I'm just trying to reconnect with my heritage, I guess you could say, and um, just be more in tune with myself and my surroundings and yeah, reconnect with nature to some extent. Not specifically not adhere to any dietary dogma. I wouldn't really, I don't see the point in going on a diet. I eat whatever I feel like, whenever I feel like it, and whatever that might be. Although I still, I mean, eat generally healthy. Uh, so, I mean, I don't... Right. There really hasn't been any, um, well, not that I'm aware of, like, big study that looks at, this is a study I would love to see. Um, where people are paired with diets that match more their ancestry and mm -hmm. then over at least 10 year follow-up you see what kind of improvements there are and then there's also control group for each ancestry so people on the same ancestry do the ancestral diet of their region yeah and also kind of like a generic healthy modern day confused kind of diet and then you see that the difference in health outcomes and you know it's yeah, one I reason why yeah. go ahead because uh, like you mentioned uh, different ancestral heritage from different uh, regions of the world i mean when we do studies these days we have an average of a population which is which is very uh, which is not homogenous it is very hetero uh, mm -hmm. there's a lot of heterogeneity so it's like an average and that's where things like the mediterranean diets shines because it's like an average diet an average generally healthy diet so that's why that diet seems to be a good diet to follow but for someone who's not well there's always always outliers on each side of the spectrum if you know what i mean so some might do better on a more animal-based diet and some might do better on a more uh, plant-based diet, but then you have the Mediterranean diet, which is somewhere in between. So that's why that fares well in most studies. But I definitely think that if you would have like, yeah, there's, there's a spectrum and you just have to see where you fall on this spectrum. And it also might vary depending on seasons and everything and the cycles of uh, nature and life in general. So it's not like, well, I eat a plant-based diet that's what i do <laughs> and people like identify with that i'm a plant-based eater or identify identify with well i'm a carnivore i eat a carnivore diet people on like instagram or youtube or whatever they like name themselves after a diet that's just crazy i mean that's just completely i mean 
they find their identity in a diet. That's, I think that's just completely crazy. It, it kind of makes sense. I mean, a lot of people form identities around, around social groups and stuff. And my uh, original YouTube channel, the, the other one, and I switched this one here, the, mm -hmm. it was, my username was raw athlete and the raw stood for kind of being a raw vegan. And I was trying to brand myself as, okay, I'm a raw vegan, but I'm also an athlete. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy so, that I actually never did any of these crazy things, even though I disconnect, I was, I feel uh, that I was very disconnected from myself and still am to some extent. I've never been like this guy who, well, I'm a vegan runner or I'm a, carnivore uh, uh, whatever you want to call it you know i've never been like that and i hope that i never will become uh, completely identified with with like yeah, a I mean, certain way of living if you know what i mean yeah at this point i mean based on the experience you had it's pretty much impossible for that to happen um so the scanditarian diet um what scanditarian yes scandit scanditarian uh, Scandinavian diet. That's, that's, that's going to be your next uh, diet book, uh, and it's going to cause mass mass confusion because people will interpret it wrong. Um, but uh, so Scandinavia is pretty huge. Um, it's like massive. So I mean, it's mostly animal food diet, or what? What kind of um, foods? I mean, are... it, I guess it varies actually. Um... Now in the winter, I crave things like oatmeal, uh, like tubers. Even though I don't do very well with dairy still, I occasionally crave it. And also actually, just the other day, I started craving pork, which is a dirty food. So you can't eat pork. It's a dirty food, right? In Scandinavia? <laughs> that would... <laughs> well, no, but that's just a general idea people have that you can't eat pork it's a dirty food oh, actually, oh right right yeah that's yeah, meat was, uh, <laughs> based right yeah so oh, actually, it's, not yeah. Clean. it's not clean i see what you're saying yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah i actually started craving pork for some reason so i might uh, if i can uh, get my hands on some high quality pork which is quite hard to find i might uh, eat some pork uh, and then yeah, I, I try to adhere to the seasons. So the now it's more mainly roots, tubers, and also some some like local grains like oatmeal, uh, oats, um, uh, maybe some legumes, perhaps right, like right. peas and these kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. it's, and then it's maybe, really nice. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it's really not that complicated. We complicate diets no. so much. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's, it, yeah. It's like oatmeal, some grains, um, pork. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't, you don't need a Nobel Prize to figure that out. Um, all right, Marcus. So that was that was a lot, a lot of good information right there. Are there any um, last thoughts you have for for everybody listening? Uh, just in general, don't adhere to any dietary dogma uh, just for the sake of it if you don't feel like it's working for you. Uh, I truly believe that balance is key in every aspect of life, not to be confused with a balanced diet, uh, that everyone should be on a specific diet or eat like uh, according to the food pyramid or something like that but just more balanced to be connected with yourself, your, uh, your true nature, uh, your family, your friends, 
uh, deeper aspects of being. And yeah, sure, like we don't have to agree about everything, but we all have the same basic needs and it doesn't serve us as a species nor the world as a whole to keep fighting over nonsense like what's the best diet or you know i do this you do that why can't we just agree on disagreeing or yeah yeah that that's that's excellent there are, there are many layers of understanding in 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 your message right there and so uh, most people on these with this diet mentality it's difficult for them to access those other layers until they see how it actually connects to to the diet so hopefully hopefully people will will be able to see that uh level of consciousness through here so thanks again marcus uh for for, for no this problem. call and uh we'll catch you guys next time thanks